section five of the junior classics volume nine stories of today this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by april six zero nine zero california united states of america the cure of fear by norman duncan like many another snug little harbor on the northeast coast of newfoundland ruddy cove is confronted by the sea and flanked by a vast wilderness so all the folk take their living from the sea as their forebears have done for generations it takes courage and a will for work to sweeten the hard life of those parts which otherwise would be filled with dread and an intolerable weariness and donald north of ruddy cove was brave enough till he was eight years old but after that season he was so timid that he shrank from the edge of the cliffs when the breakers were beating the rocks below and he trembled when the punt heeled to a gust now he was a fisherman's son and in the course of things must himself be a paddle punt fisherman thus the mishap which gave him that great fear of the sea cast a dark shadow over him billy he said to a young topsail on the unfortunate day leave us go sail my new fore and after i've rigged her out with a grand new mizzenzel sure boy o said billy where to uncle george's wharfhead tis a place as good as any ah uncle george's wharfhead the water was deep deeper than donald could fathom at low tide and it was cold and covered a rocky bottom upon which a multitude of starfish and prickly sea eggs lay in clusters it was green smooth and clear too sight carried straight down to where the purple-shelled mussels gripped the rocks the tide had fallen somewhat and was still on the ebb donald found it a long reach from the wharf to the water by and by as the water ran out of the harbor the most he could do was to touch the mast-tip of the miniature ship with his fingers then a little gust of wind crept around the corner of the wharf rippling the water as it came near it caught the sails of the new fore and after and the little craft fell over on another tack and shot away here you go donald cried come back will you he reached for the mast his fingers touched it but the boat escaped before they closed he laughed hitched nearer to the edge of the wharf and reached again the wind had failed the little boat was tossing in the ripples below and just beyond his grasp i can't catch her he called to billy topsail who was back near the net horse looking for squids billy looked up and laughed to see donald's awkward position to see him hanging over the water red-faced and straining donald laughed too at once he lost his balance and fell forward this was in the days before he could swim so he floundered about in the water beating it wildly to bring himself to the surface when he came up billy topsail was leaning over to catch him donald lifted his arm his fingers touched billy's that was all just touched them then he sank and when he came up again and again lifted his arm there was a half a foot of space between his hand and billy's some measure of self-possession returned he took a long breath and let himself sink down he went weighted by his heavy boots those moments were full of the terror of which later he could not rid of himself there seemed to be no end to the depth of the water in that place but when his feet touched bottom he was still deliberate in all that he did for a moment he let them rest on the rock then he gave himself a strong upward push 
it needed but little to bring him within reach of billy topsail's hand he shot out of the water and caught that hand soon afterward he was safe on the wharf sure mum i thought i was drowned that time he said to his mother that night when i were going down the last time i thought i'd never see you again but you weren't drowned boy said his mother softly but i might have been said he there was the rub he was haunted by what might have happened soon he became a timid shrinking lad utterly lacking confidence in the strength of his arms and his skill with an oar and a sail and after that came to pass his life was hard he was afraid to go out to the fishing grounds where he must go every day with his father to keep the head of the punt up to the wind and he had a great fear of the wind and the fog and the breakers but he was not a coward on the contrary although he was circumspect in all his dealings with the sea he never failed in his duty in ready cove all the men put out their salmon nets when the ice breaks up and drifts away southward for the spring run of salmon then begins these nets are laid in the sea at right angles to the rocks and extending out from there they are set along shore it may be a mile or two from the narrow passage to the harbor the outer end buoyed and anchored and the other is lashed to an iron stake which is driven deep into some crevice of the rock when belated icebergs hang offshore a watch must be kept on the nets lest they be torn away or ground to pulp by the ice the wind's hauling round bit boil said donald's father one day in spring when the lad was twelve years old i think twill freshen and blow in shore afore night there's a scattered pan of ice out there father said donald and three small bergs yes boil as i knows said north tis that i'm afeard of if the wind changes a bit more twill jam the ice agin the rocks does you think the net is safe it was quite evident that the net was in danger but since donald had shown first signs of fearing the sea job north had not compelled him to go out upon perilous undertakings he had fallen into the habit of leaving the boy to choose his own course believing that in time he would master himself i think sir said donald steadily the net should come in twould be wise said north come boy we'll go fetch it so they put forth in the punt there was a fresh fair wind and with this filling the little brown sail they were soon driven out from the quiet water of the harbor to the heaving sea itself great swells rolled in from the open and broke furiously against the coast rocks the punt ran along shore for two miles keeping well away from the breakers when at last she came to that point where job north's net was set donald furled the sail and his father took up the oars twill be a bit hard to land he said therein lie the danger there's no beach along that coast the rocks rise abruptly from the sea here sheer and towering there low and broken when there is a sea running the swells roll in and break against these rocks and when the breakers catch a punt they are certain to smash it to splinters the iron stake to which job north's net was lashed was fixed in a low ledge upon which some hardy shrubs had taken root the waves were casting themselves against the rocks below breaking with a great roar and flinging spray over the ledge twill be a bit hard north said again but the salmon fishers have a way of landing under such conditions when their nets are in danger they do not hesitate the man at the oars lets the boat drift with the breakers stern foremost toward the rocks his mate leaps from the stern seat to the ledge 
then the other pulls the boat out of danger before the wave curls and breaks it is the only way but sometimes the man in the stem miscalculates leaps too soon stumbles leaps short he falls back and is almost inevitably drowned sometimes too the current of the wave is too strong for the man at the oars his punt is swept in pull as hard as he may and he is overwhelmed with her donald knew all this he had lived in dread of the time when he must first make that leap the ice is coming in boy said north twill scrape these here rocks certain sure does you think you're strong enough to take the oars and let me go ashore no sir said donald you never leaped afore did you no sir will you try it now boy said north quietly yes sir donald said faintly get ready then said north with a stroke or two of the oars job swung the stem of the boat to the rocks he kept her hanging in this position until the water fell back and gathered in a new wave then he lifted his oars donald was crouched on the stern seat waiting for the moment to rise and spring the boat moved in running on the crest of the wave which would a moment later break against the rock donald stood up and fixed his eye on the ledge he was afraid all the strength and courage he had seemed to desert him the punt was now almost on a level with the ledge the wave was about to curl and fall it was the precise moment when he must leap that instant too when the punt must be pulled out of the grip of the breaker if at all he felt of a sudden that he must do this thing therefore why not do it courageously he leaped but his new courage had not come in time he made the ledge but he fell an inch short of a firm footing so for a moment he tottered between falling forward and falling back then he caught the branch of an overhanging shrub and with this saved himself when he turned job had the punt in safety but when he was breathing hard as if the strain had been great twas not so hard was it boy said job no sir said donald donald cast the net line loose from its mooring and saw that it was all clear his father let the punt sweep in again it is much easier to leap from a solid rock than from a boat so donald jumped in without difficulty then they rowed out to the buoy and hauled the great dripping net over the side it was while well they went out for before morning the ice had drifted over the place where the net had been more than that donald north profited by his experience he perceived that if perils must be encountered they are best met with a clear head and an unflinching heart that night when he thought it over he was comforted in the gales and high seas of the summer following and in the blinding snowstorms and bitter cold of the winter donald north grew in fine readiness to face peril at the call of duty all that he had gained was put to the test in the next spring when the floating ice which drifts out of the north in the spring break-up was driven by the wind against the coast job north with alexander blude and bill stevens went out on the ice to hunt seal and the hunt led them ten miles offshore in the afternoon of that day the wind gave some sign of changing to the west and at dusk it was blowing half a gale offshore when the wind blows offshore it sweeps all this wandering ice out to sea and disperses the whole pack go see if your father's coming boy said donald's mother i'm getting terrible nervous about the ice donald took his gaff a long pole of the light tough dogwood two inches thick and shod with iron and set out it was growing dark and the wind rising still was blowing in strong cold gusts it began to snow while he was yet 
on the ice of the harbor half a mile away from the pans and clumpers which the wind of the day before had crowded against the coast when he came to the standing ice the stationary rim of ice which is frozen to the coast the wind was thickly charged with snow what with dusk and snow he found it hard to keep to the right way but he was not afraid for himself his only fear was that wind would sweep the ice pack out to sea before his father reached the standing edge in that event as he knew job north would be doomed donald went out on the standing edge beyond lay a widening gap of water the pack had already begun to move out there was no sign of job north's party the lad ran up and down hollowing as he ran but for a time there was no answer to his call then it seemed to him he heard a despairing hail sounding far to the right whence he had come night had almost fallen and the snow added to its depth but as he ran back donald could still see across the gap of water to that great pan of ice which of all the pack was nearest to the standing edge he perceived that the gap had considerably widened since he had first observed it is that you father he called is donald came an answering hail from directly opposite is there a small pan of ice on your side donald searched up and down the edge for a detached cake large enough for his purpose near at hand he came upon a thin small pan not more than six feet square ace boy cried his father there's one here he called back but tis too small is there none there no boy fetch that over here was a desperate need if the lad was to meet it he must act instantly and fearlessly he stepped out on the pan and pushed off with his gaff using his gaff as a paddle as these gaffs are constantly used in ferrying by the newfoundland fishermen and helped by the wind he soon ferried himself to where job north stood waiting with his companions tis too small said stevens twill not hold two north looked dubiously at the pan alexander blued shook his head in despair get back while you can boy said north quick we're drifting fast the pan's too small i think tis big enough for one man and me said donald get aboard and try it alexander said job alexander blued stepped on the pan tipped fearfully and the water ran over it but when the weight of the man and the boy was properly adjusted it seemed capable of bearing them both across they pushed off when alexander moved to put his gaff in the water the pan tipped again donald came near losing his footing he moved near the edge and the pan came to a level they paddled with all their strength for the wind was blowing against them and there was need of haste if three passages were to be made meanwhile the gap had grown so wide that the wind had turned the ripples into waves which washed over the pan as high as donald's ankles but they came safe across Blood stepped quickly ashore and donald pushed off with the wind in his favor he was soon once more at the other side now bill said north your turn next i can't do it job said stevens get aboard yourself that lad can't come back again we're drifting out too fast he's your lad and you've the right to yes i can come back said donald come on bill quick stevens was a lighter man than alexander blued but the passage was wider and still widening for the pack had gathered speed when stevens was safely landed he looked back a vast white shadow was all that he could see job north's figure had been merged with the night donald boy he said you got to go back for your father but i'm fair feared you'll never give me a push bill said donald 
Stephen caught the end of the gaff and pushed the lad out. Goodbye, Donald, he said. When the pan touched the other side, Job North stepped aboard without a word. He was a heavy man. This body on the ice cake. The problem of return was enormously increased, as Donald had foreseen. The pan was overweighed. Time and again it nearly shook itself free of its bad load and rose to the surface. North stood near the center, plying his gaff with difficulty. But Donald was on the extreme edge. Moreover, the distance was twice as great as it had been at the first. The waves were running high, and it was dark. They made way slowly, and the pan often wavered beneath them. But Donald was intent upon the thing he was doing, and he was not afraid. Then came the time. They were but ten yards off the standing edge. When North struck his gaff too deep into the water, he lost his balance, struggled desperately to regain it, failed, and fell off. Before Donald was awake to the danger, the edge of the pan sank under him, and he too toppled off. Donald had learned to swim now. When he came to the surface, his father was breast high in the water, looking for him. Are you all right, Donald? said his father. Yes, sir. Can you reach the ice alone? Yes, sir, said Donald quietly. Alexander Blood and Bill Stevens helped them up on the standing edge, and they were home by the kitchen fire in half an hour. "'Twas bravely done, boy,' said Job. So Donald North learned that perils feared are much more terrible than perils faced. He has a courage of the finest kind. In these days has young Donald. End of section 5